Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Green Belt Premium, No Name Butcher Quality Meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Here's Paul Charchian. It is week number 13. Fantasy football players, this is your last chance to get into the playoffs for most of you. Crunch time. It is crunch time. We're here to help. We're going to break down all of the matchups, and it's a lot of them. Break them down fantasy style as we do. Take a chance on me still in play. We'll do that as well. Five hot questions. Nor formerly five tough questions, but they were so tough they've become hot. Spicy, Just too. a friction of difficulty. We are... Three spicy guys answering. Three spicy guys. Uh, Yes, so plenty to get to over the course of the show. We're going to try to get you ready to get you into the playoffs. In my leagues, it feels like about a quarter of the teams are knocked out and everybody else is playing for something. You know, about half of the teams, maybe, well, let's just break into thirds and make it easy. About a third are mostly out. A third are battling to get in. And a third are jockeying for playoff positioning. I mean, this week's got something for everybody, I believe. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. I mean, if you have Carson Wentz, you're probably okay. That seems to be the common uh, denominator across all my leagues. <laughs> those has, are the guys that are doing well? Yeah, every, that have I think Carson Wentz. Wentz has clinched everyone a playoff spot. Feel like. uh, in, Tom in Brady my, has helped a lot. He's in, in one of my leagues through week nine, every team in my 10-team league was 5-4 and four or 4-5. Four and five. Wow. It was, it was, That's a statistical was oddity. Yeah. Now, had they all finished up at 5-5, five and five, then... Every everybody right now is either seven five six and six or five and seven. It's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Uh, Antonio Brown probably another guy that a lot of winners have got. And yeah. like the 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 four, now it's like five ish tight ends out there. Yeah, there's, there's that's Graham, yeah the, the, the tight end differentials never been bigger than this year. Yeah, if you've got a good one, what a luxury for everybody else that's scrambling to. You know, drop Cameron Braid in the right week and try to pick some, Ah, what a disaster tight end has been. Those that invested in the tight end position at the draft are in real position of of uh, advantage, I guess. Uh, Browns take on the Chargers. Matt? Yeah. Um, I have reason to believe that there's a change to the Browns offense this week. Well, what would that be? Maybe a wide receiver returning? Maybe a wide from, receiver from coming the back. Dead. Yes. Um, yeah, that's Josh Gordon. He and the entire Browns passing game are on the bench. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Gordon hasn't played since December of 2014. That's the same month where Marcus Mariota won the Heisman Trophy and Bill Cosby was still on the board of trustees at Temple University. <laughs> hey, thanks for helping us out with where was Bill Cosby then. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No quarterback has both topped 250 yards and thrown for multiple touchdowns against the Chargers this season. They haven't allowed multiple passing scores in a game since some backup quarterback named Eli Manning did that in week five. Mm. So the whole passing game's on the bench. There is some some light at the end of the tunnel for the running game, though. I got starting grades on both Isaiah Kroll and Duke Johnson. Duke's getting a B, Kroll's getting a C. Chargers... Well, you're going to hear a lot more about uh, Duke Johnson in uh, a couple of segments. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chargers have allowed the uh, NFL's second-most catches... Uh, 69 and the fifth most receiving yards to running back. So Duke's a good play. Uh, 
McCoy, uh, LaShawn McCoy had 114 yards and a touchdown two weeks ago in Carson against these Chargers. Uh, Morris and Smith combined for 97 total yards and a score on Thanksgiving in a game where running back shouldn't have been involved at all. That means Kroll's kind of in play, too. Kroll's uh, still leading the time split of 54 to 46 over Duke, so Kroll's getting a C as well. Over on the Chargers side, Melvin Gordon's getting an A. Since Jamie Collins and Emmanuel Ogba have gone down with injury, the Browns' run defense is allowing over 115 yards per game to opposing running backs. There's just not enough snaps or touches to get Austin Eckler in your lineup, but Melvin Gordon gets an A grade. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen also getting an A grade. In the last three games, Allen has 34 targets. No other Charger has more than 13. Two straight weeks with huge games, and Cleveland's given up a slot touchdown in three of their last four games, and Keenan Allen primarily plays the slot. Phillip Rivers also getting an A. Browns have allowed the second most touchdown passes in the league, and Rivers has thrown for multiple touchdowns in six of his last eight. I also got Hunter Henry with a B grade. Henry faces a defense that has allowed a tight end touchdown in four straight games. He's not an A grade because his usage has been spotty. He did catch all five of his targets last week for 76 yards and a score, but the prior three weeks he had two, one, and two catches without a touchdown, so he's only getting a B. If he was getting regular usage, he would be at an A. I agree. All right, nicely done. Panthers take on uh, the Saints. Brian, it's always hot and cold with uh, Cam Newton, right? You get... You know, the one touchdown game, and then he explodes for three, and he runs one in. Is this uh, is this an all, or is this a nothing game for Cam Newton? Uh, it all depends on the uh, availability and effectiveness of uh, the starting cornerbacks for New Orleans. Yes. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley. Um, Lattimore did practice yesterday, so he is truly questionable with that ankle injury. It was very limited practice for him. Ken Crawley expects to play with an abdomen injury. So I'm just going to give Newton a B here, even though his track record against the Saints isn't that good. No, it's bad. Last four matchups hasn't hit 200 passing yards or total more than one touchdown in one game. Uh, But you got to start him either way. But if you're an owner, you're hoping to see the – those cornerbacks inactive or uh, ineffective on Sunday. Um, over to the, uh, his receivers, Devin Funches. So I'm going to give him an A if Lattimore and Crawley sit. Yeah. B if one play. <laughs> and a C if they <laughs> if, both, if play. both play. I like yeah. it. All right. That's what we're going to do. Uh, since Kelvin Benjamin got traded, though, uh, Funches is averaging 95 yards per game and is the clear cut, uh, clear cut top uh, receiving option for the Panthers, even with Greg Olson, who, uh, who made his return last week. Um, he did leave with a foot injury. I'm giving him a C in this one. Uh, has at least 90 receiving yards or at least one touchdown in four of his last five games against the Saints. The Saints have allowed a tight end to hit either 45 yards or and or score a touchdown in five straight games. So Olsen, even though he left last week, uh, I will play him this week. And Newton did miss him for a touchdown in the end zone, so there was a, an opportunity for him there. Uh, over to the running game, Christian McCaffrey might not play with a shoulder injury. I, no, he says he's going to go. He is? Okay. Yep, I he, is he, said, he said he's playing. So I'll, I'll give him a B. Uh, in week three, these teams met. Uh, he racked up 117 combo yards, basically all of them through the air. Uh, Todd Gurley just posted 54 receiving yards against the Saints. And McCaffrey's been running the ball pretty well as of late, too, averaging uh, over 5.5 yards per carry over his last three. And Jonathan Stewart, he is on the bench, hasn't seen a target since week six, averaging 2.7 yards per carry since week four. They keep using him. They keep using they him. They keep oh, using I... him. Jonathan Stewart's giving them nothing. Probably the most touchdown-dependent player in all of, in all of fantasy football. Uh, the Saints have allowed just four rushing touchdowns, so yeah, he's on the bench. Uh, over to mm-hmm. the New, New Orleans side, Alvin Kamara. Going to give him an A here, even in a tough matchup. It is a tough very matchup. Much, tough matchup. Even through the air, uh, Carolina is very tough against running backs. Only one running back has topped 50 receiving yards, and that was Tariq Cohen, 
who did it on one catch for 70 yards. Right. And uh, they've only allowed one receiving touchdown to a running back as well. But Kamara is just so electric. you got to have him in your lineup. Uh, and Mark Ingram remains in your lineup as well. Going to give him a B, even though Kamara is seriously eating into his production. Um, he's, his carries have fallen to 11 per game over the last two weeks, Ingram that is. Uh, but he's been very productive, especially at home, averaging 5.8 yards per carry. But again, a very tough matchup, so temper your expectations there. Michael Thomas, uh, give him an A. Uh, he runs most of his routes from the left, so he'll draw cornerback James Bradbury. He's ranked 98th in coverage by Pro Football Focus, so he's a strong start per usual. Mm-hmm. Ted Ginn. How about the end zone? Is that you know? Is that asking too much? No. Michael Thomas, for all the catches and the yards, can you just get into the end zone, please? Yeah. Longest touchdown drought last year was two games. He's at seven right now. So. I think he's got two on the season. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, he hasn't scored in seven games, so that sounds about right. So he is long overdue for a touchdown here. Uh, maybe Ted Ginn will get one, too, in a revenge game. So I'm going to give him a C. Uh, he scored in the, the Week 3 meeting, and he also has a favorable matchup against corner Daryl Worley, who's ranked 95th in coverage. So mm-hmm. you got to like the receivers more than the running backs in this game. That's why I'll give Drew B, uh, Drew Bees. 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 <laughs> Bees. Breeze B. Uh, he's flamed the Panthers over the last two years, averaging 313 yards and three touchdowns per game. So you got to like him a little more at home in this game. Yeah, I do. Lions take on the Ravens, and there's not a lot to talk about here. Ravens defense has returned to being awesome. And so I've just got a couple of C's on the Lions, and that's it. We begin with the uh, – let's begin with Matthew Stafford. Uh, this is probably his toughest challenge of the entire season. It's at Baltimore. Ravens have given up – the second fewest passing touchdowns, less than one passing touchdown per game. They've only allowed two passing touchdowns in their last five home games. No quarterback has topped 252 yards against them all season long. This is a great Ravens pass defense, and I'm really worried about Stafford, who just gets a nervous C grade and almost a bench grade from me. Golden Tate gets a nervous C grade. Since joining the Lions in 2014, he's played 17 games in outdoor stadiums, never scored. 0 for 17 outdoors (laughs) for Golden Tate. Snapping that streak will be tough against a Ravens defense that's allowed the second fewest receiver touchdowns, the fourth fewest yards to receivers. The only glimmer of good news here is that Tate goes up against slack corner Maurice Kennedy, Kennedy, who's easily the worst of the Ravens cornerbacks. Marvin Jones is on the bench. I know he's red hot. He's scored five touchdowns in his last four games. I know he just scored twice, even with Xavier Rhodes coverage, but... This is a, such a tough matchup. Ravens have only given up five touchdowns to receivers all year. Second fewest, four fewest yards to the position. I don't, I don't like Marvin Jones in this matchup. He's going to see a lot of Jimmy Smith too, and I don't like that. Amir Abdullah definitely on the bench. He's questionable with a neck injury. He's a true game time decision. Even if he does go, he's averaging less than three yards per carry in four of the last five Lions games. And then he's got the matchup, which is just brutal. Since defensive tackle Brendan Williams returned from injury, the Ravens have allowed the second-fewest rushing yards, just 53 per game. Amir Amir Abdullah is going to need a ton of luck to get anything done here. Let's go to the Baltimore side. Only one startable player, Alex Collins. He gets a B grade. He scored in two straight. He's notched double-digit carries in seven consecutive games. It's a positive opportunity this week. Detroit allows the 11th most rushing yards, second most rushing touchdowns, and a back has found the end zone against them in nine different games this year. Nine uh, times. Nine times. Uh, the whole passing the whole passing game is on the bench. On Monday night, the Ravens' passing game laid an egg against a terrible Houston secondary. Detroit secondary is much better. Darius Slay is going to neutralize Mike Wallace. Keandre Diggs will take care of Jeremy Macklin in the slot, and that leaves Flacco to throw to... 
Max Williams. Uh, Max Williams, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Danny Woodhead also on the bench. He's caught five passes and five passes in the two games back. What has he done with those 10 receptions? 44 yards. That's it. He's got to get more yardage, and uh, Detroit's only allowed one running back receiving touchdown That's this year. That's damning if you won't start Danny Woodhead. If I won't start Danny Woodhead, nobody should. Yeah. Uh, we're going to work in a fourth matchup. Colts taking on the Jaguars, Matt. And for the Colts, I don't see a scenario where anybody starts, including T.Y. Hilton. That's just me. I'd have everybody on the bench. Do you, I do you see it differently? Completely agree. The entire Colts offense is on the bench. Uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, has been sacked a league-high 43 times, and he faces the Saxonville Jaguars, <laughs> who right. lead the league with 41 sacks. How about that? He's it's going to die. Matchup. Yep. Um, T.Y. Hilton. It's interesting to note that Jalen Ramsey followed Larry Fitzgerald into the slot last week. I believe Jalen Ramsey will be following T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton around the field. That's that. The Jaguars have allowed two touchdowns to wide receivers this season. Hopkins in week one. Jaron Brown last week, who wasn't being covered by, T- right. That's right. by Jalen Ramsey. Hilton had two catches for 27 yards in the first meeting this year. Bench. Jack Doyle has never topped 10 yards against <laughs> Jacksonville wow. in five career games. All right. Bench. Frank Gore, four career games as a Colt against the Jaguars, 16 carries for 62 yards, 16 carries for 68 yards, 16 carries for 60 yards, 17 carries for 53 yards. Jaguars are the number one run defense over the last five weeks in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Blake Bortles, I'm going to save my talking points on Blake Bortles for next segment when he may be a player you could take a chance on. Uh, but D.D. D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee I gave C grades to. Since D.D. Westbrook joined the team, he's led the team in targets, averaging eight per game. Unfortunately, those 16 targets have only translated to nine catches and 76 yards for Westbrook. Indy has allowed four wide receiver touchdowns in the last four games, though, and in the first meeting, Alan Hearns topped 100 yards. Both Marquise Lee and Keelan Cole were each over 60 yards. That's why both Westbrook and Lee get the C grade for me. And Leo Fournette, he gets an A grade. The Colts are allowing 109 rush yards per game to opposing backs over the last six. And Indy has allowed the fourth most receiving yards to opposing backs. Fournette has multiple catches in eight of nine games this year, so I think he's an easy A this week. We'll talk about Blake Portals later. Uh, later being next segment. Yeah. When we come back, five tough questions. No, 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 no. Nope. Er, rewind. <laughs> Take, Take a, a chance, chance on, on me. <laughs> Nine players not normally in your starting lineup will tell you upon whom you can take a chance when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Isn't that festive? Just in, time, just in time for the holidays. I like it. Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison. Brian Johnson with you. It is time for Take a Chance on Me. Nine players upon whom you can take a chance. Beginning at the quarterback position, Matt. The holiday season is full of surprises. And it is. everybody's going to be surprised to hear that I have Blake Bortles. I am take surprised. Take a Chance on Me quarterback. Who ranked sixth in the NFL in quarterback rushing yards and scored on the ground twice <laughs> last week? Why, it's Blake Bortles. Uh, six of 11 quarterbacks who have faced the Colts this year have thrown for 295 yards or more. In his last four games against Indy, 
Bortles has either had 298 yards or multiple touchdowns in every game, and that includes the 330 and one that he threw for in the first meeting this season. Blake Bortles. We take 300 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. All right. And then probably one or two rushing touchdowns. A couple. Sure. Yeah. yeah, probably. All right. Brian. And then monkeys might fly out of my butt. Too. Wow. That already happened once today. That's an old Wayne's World reference. It is. I believe remember. it is. Uh, well, Lord, beer me strength, because I have Alex Smith at, uh, at the Jets, uh, who have allowed multiple touchdown passes in eight of 11 games. <laughs> Kevin Hogan threw two touchdowns in about a half of a game against New York. Jay Cutler and Matt Moore combined for four touchdowns uh, just several weeks ago. So why not Alex Smith this week, who is running more this year? He has 47 rushing attempts on the season, which is one less than his total from a year ago. He's averaging an impressive five yards per carry and cam and tyrod both scored on the ground in uh, uh the last three weeks so uh there's hope there for him as well all right my quarterback brett hundley coming off his best game i both statistically and just if you just passing the eye test hundley yeah. looked good and easiest matchup of the year for the packers bucks have allowed at least one passing touchdown in every game this season they now rank dead last in passing yards allowed per game and let's top it off with this for this week, Tampa's likely without starting cornerback Vernon Hargraves and starting safety T.J. Ward, both expected to miss this game. Brett Hundley is a terrific play this week. Let's go to the running back position. Matt. I'm taking a running back who's the number one running back on his team but had only eight touches last week. That's Devontae Booker. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah he, that game got, uh, got away from the running backs pretty quickly. It did. Uh, however, despite that, Booker did have a receiving touchdown overturned by a questionable yes, replay did. call. Yep. And the Dolphins are a prime matchup for him to break out. In the last five games, Alex Collins, Jonathan Stewart, and Deion Lewis each topped 100 yards against Miami. And in that time, four other running backs scored a touchdown, including Marshawn Lynch, Rex Burkhead, and Christian McCaffrey, mm. who each scored twice. So there's a lot of touchdowns to go around. There's a lot of yards to go around. Devontae Booker, good he, play. He was my guy last week, and when he scored that touchdown, I, start, I, I started, started quickly composing my, my take-on tweet, <laughs> and then they called it back. Yeah. Oh, no. Questionable. Yes. Uh, Brian, you're running back. I'm going to go uh, Bilal Powell here. Uh, first off, just take a chance on him by adding him in hopes that Matt Forte sits, who's questionable with a knee injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if Forte does suit up, maybe he doesn't finish uh, the game with those creaky knees. But uh, even if Forte plays, it's a decent matchup for Powell. Uh, Casey is allowing a healthy four and a half yards per carry. And they've given up uh, rushing touchdowns in five of the last six games. They've also allowed 18 catches to running backs over the last two games. And uh, Powell has double-digit touches in four of his last five and at least nine carries in all of those five games. So uh, take a chance on our boy Bilal Powell. Uh, you've been hoping, you've been waiting for this one since since preseason. Just me? Just you. <laughs> uh, Duke Johnson, we already touched on him last segment. He's... Charge, you got to get that Bilal Powell tattoo removed, by the way. Now, look, I was off of him. This, 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 after getting, after the Jets burned me on Bilal Powell, I didn't burn myself. The Jets got it wrong all last year by underutilizing him until Thanksgiving. I'm like, I don't trust the Jets to get this thing right. I'm off Bilal Powell. Okay. And I think that turned out to be one of the few things I did get right this preseason. Duke Johnson, wait a minute. Duke Johnson has carved out a nice PPR role in four catches in each of his last, at least four catches in each of his last six games. And he's running well as well. Five and a half yards per carry over his last month of games. He's chipping in meaningful rushing yardage. You're getting like 35, 40 rushing yards per game from Duke Johnson over the last month. Chargers have allowed the most receptions and the fifth most receiving yards to running backs. All right, who's your receiver? Matt. 
I got Julius Thomas facing uh, his former team, Denver Broncos, in the revenge game. Ooh. It's a big revenge game. We'll talk about that soon. They've uh, The Broncos have allowed the second most yards and the fourth most touchdowns to the tight end position and allowed a tight end touchdown in four of the last five games. Thomas has had four or more catches in three of his last four, and in weaker tight end matchups, he's been pretty good. He had six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown against Oakland and five for 52 last week against New England. So Julius Thomas. All right. I got Houston's Bruce Ellington at Tennessee. Tennessee is ranked 29th against number two wide receivers by football outsiders. One of the main reasons Will Fuller caught two touchdowns when these teams first met. Yeah, uh, Ellington even contributed in that first game as a number three receiver with three catches for 44 yards on just four targets. But um, Fuller has been ruled out of this game with a rib injury. So Ellington will be starting alongside DeAndre Hopkins. And Ellington has seen a lot of volume with Tom Savage at quarterback, at least seven targets in four straight games and catches of 20 plus yards in three straight. So there's been Big play potential in this matchup. We urge people to uh, to drop Fuller when that injury came down, what now, three, four weeks ago, and hopefully people actually did do that. Unfortunate turn of events for him, but boy, d- from a dynasty and empire standpoint, Will Fuller's prospects in the future look very good. My take a chance on me wide receiver, a familiar name to many of our local listeners, Cordero Patterson. He goes up against the Giants, Michael Crabtree suspended, Amari Cooper's not going to go. Cordero will be a starter, and he's going to face a Giants pass defense that's without Janoris Jenkins. That's a plus. And they get back Eli Apple. That's a plus. Two pluses for Cordero Patterson. And the Giants secondary just getting roasted. Over the last five games, they've allowed eight touchdowns to wideouts. They rank 27th against the pass, giving up 270 passing yards per game, which is almost exactly what Derek Carr averages in home games, 270. If he's going to throw on 270 yards of, of balls... Then of I think balls. of balls. Then I think Cordero's <laughs> going to get plenty of balls. <laughs> Boy, uh, I'm still about 14 years old. Yeah. Yep. Such as seals. Vikings take on the Falcons, and this game has taken a, a fairly big shift in the last 24 hours in my mind because. Desmond Trufant's not going to go in this game, and that's taking the best. It's taking the Xavier Rhodes out of their out of their defense. Uh, Trufant was a top ten ranked cornerback by Pro Football Focus. That means Steph Diggs is in a much better situation, and he elevates all the way up to an A grade for me. Um, hasn't top five catches since week three, but this feels like a potential breakout against Bleedy Ray Wilson, who's the, who is the backup for a good reason. It is a great matchup for Diggs. Uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson has been one of the lowest-rated cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus over his career. Uh, Adam Thielen draws a similarly tempting matchup. He goes up against Brian Poole, who ranks 54th by Pro Football Focus. Falcons have only allowed three slot receivers to top 50 yards, and those all came in the first five games of the season, so they've been better lately. But those big games have come from good slot receivers. Thielen's equals Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry, Doug Baldwin, Guys at Thielen's level, get it done. He gets a B grade here. Case Keenum, I bumped him from a C to a B on the the Desmond Trufant news. Quarterbacks have struggled against the Falcons, though. No cornerback has thrown for more than two touchdown passes in a game. Three of the last four haven't thrown any against the Falcons, but Keenum's Keenum's red hot is just the the reality of it, and they don't have Trufant. So I actually have some confidence in Case Keenum, who moves up to quarterback number 13 on my rankings right now. Kyle Rudolph is just a C start here because the Falcons have done an excellent job of containing tight ends, allowing only two to score and only one to top 60 yards. 
However, they have allowed tight ends to go over 50 yards in three straight weeks, and Rudolph's got at least seven targets in six last seven weeks. They're giving him a lot of usage here. And for the running backs of the Vikings, I think this is a Jarek McKinnon game. The Falcons' run defense is is getting better lately, but they've really struggled with utility backs like Jarek McKinnon. Tariq Cohen, Ty Montgomery, Matt Forte, Christian McCaffrey, all big games against the Falcons. Um, I know McKinnon hasn't done a lot the last several weeks, but the Falcons have stuffed straight-ahead runners like Latavius Murray, so I think McKinnon gets most of the work, and that's why Latavius Murray is also just a C-grade, even though he's been getting more work and he's been good lately. Atlanta's done a good job of other, like I said, straight-ahead uh, straight runners. Jonathan Stewart, 21 yards. Alfred Morris, 53 yards. Doug Martin, 33 yards. Your straight-ahead runners aren't getting it done against the Falcons. I think McKinnon gets more work this week than he has in recent games. Let's flip over to the Atlanta side. Freeman and Coleman with uh, Devonta Freeman back. And that means you get your timeshare back as well. 60-40 probably back to Freeman. He gets fresh legs. Coleman's back. He's been great. But now he's back to being what he was, where you're just throwing darts and hoping for touchdowns. Vikings are limiting opposing running backs to just 66 yards per game on the ground. They've given up just three rushing touchdowns all year. If you divide that roughly in half, that's not great numbers for either Freeman or Coleman. I don't love either one here, but they both get C grades. Let's go to the passing game. Matt Ryan, just a C grade. Opposing quarterbacks averaging just 230 passing yards and one touchdown pass against the Minnesota Vikings defense. Vikings have surrendered more than one touchdown pass just once in their last eight games. And if... if Julio's going to draw Xavier Rhodes, and that's going to affect Matt Ryan as well. And let's go to that matchup for Julio Jones just to be great here. I, obviously, you're going to start Jones no matter what, and especially after last week's 250-yard two-touchdown game. But Rhodes, who should be fully healed from the calf injury that he played through on Thanksgiving, 10 days rest, I think he's going to do to Jones what he does to most number one receivers, and that's limit them heavily. Let's remember Julio Jones, 11 games this year. Three have been big games. And eight of them have been, eh, you know, six catches, 65 yards. Yeah. That's it. I think that's more likely what you're going to get out of Julio Jones this week. Muhammad Sanu's on the bench because Terrence Newman has been terrific in the slot. And Austin Hooper, horribly inconsistent. The Vikings have been great against tight ends also on the bench. When we come back, we'll continue pounding through fantasy matchups to get you ready for Sunday, including the Chiefs taking on the Jets. What do you do about Kareem Hunt now? We'll answer that question when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Full slate. No bye weeks, no Thanksgiving games. We got a lot of matchups to get through to get you ready to dominate on Sunday. Chiefs take on the Jets, Brian, and anytime you're talking about the Chiefs, the A topic, Kareem Hunt. He uh he blew a well, actually I don't think he blew anything. I think his coach put him in a position where he could not succeed against a very vulnerable Buffalo defense last week. Now he travels to New York to face the Jets. What do you think about Kareem Hunt? Yeah, and his O line isn't doing him any favors. Oh, either. brutal! He's got nowhere to go. Half um, of his eleven carries, he got hit behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give him a C uh, for caution. Um, it, it's a tough matchup. Jets are, Jets are allowing under 3.2 yards per carry over the last six weeks, and over during that same span, Hunt's yards per carry has dropped two whole yards. His average 
over the last six weeks. Mm. There's one silver lining here. Uh, it's Charkandrick West is out. Yeah. Uh, and when West was out in weeks six and seven, Hunt played in over 75% of the snaps. Uh, usually when West is healthy, he plays around 60% of the snaps. So he should see more volume here, hopefully some more targets. So that's what Hunt has going for him in this game. But Because yeah. it's fantasy football and everybody's giving up on him right now, you watch. Now's the this time. It's going to be the game. <laughs> no, Matt, and by the way, I do a lot of radio in Kansas City. Uh, they've got a, tr- a terrific station there, Henry Lake's new station. And they are, it's it's pitchfork time down there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is so much pressure to get Kareem, Holmes. Hunt, get Kareem Hunt back in. We'll talk more about Kareem Hunt a little later. Yeah, I like him on fanball this week as a contrarian player. Everyone's going to be off him. But Everybody's going to see a lot more, a lot more yeah. volume for him in this game. Uh, someone you got to like a lot more is Travis Kelsey. and give him an A. Uh, the only tight end the Jets have faced who's in Kelsey's league is Gronk, who scored two touchdowns. Only four teams have allowed more touchdowns to tight ends than the Jets, so Kelsey, obvious A. Tyreek Hill, I'll give him a B just because of his ceiling. The volume's been there. He's averaged seven catches over the last two weeks with just eight yards per reception, so that means no big plays for Hill. But over the last six weeks, number one wide receivers are feasting on the Jets. They're averaging six catches, 90 yards, and half a touchdown per game. So I will roll Hill out here, and uh, for that reason, that's why Alex Smith was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Uh, over to the Jets side, I like Robbie Anderson a lot uh, again this week in A. Uh, at least one touchdown in five straight games. Also has 85-plus yards in three of those five. He won't see a ton of Marcus Peters, who lines up 93% of the time on the left. Anderson splits his uh, formation 30% on the left, 30% in the slot, 40% on the right. So he'll be all over the field. I like him a lot here. And I like Jermaine Curse too, not as much because he hasn't been as hot. Mm-hmm. But like Anderson, he's all over the field as well, so I'll give him a B. It's basically who's ever uh, not uh, in Marcus Peters' coverage is going to have a pretty good day. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins could have a decent day here. Going to give him a C. Got jobbed again last week. He did. He got another one taken away from him last week. Three on the year now, I think. It's at least two. Uh, But the Chiefs have have only allowed one touchdown to tight ends, but they've allowed the fifth most yards per game, uh, or fifth most yards at 59 per game. So ASJ is a viable play. And so is Josh McCown. I probably should have made him my take a chance on me quarterback, but I think I've used him like four or five times this year. So um, uh, he threw for at least two scores. I'm sorry. He has thrown for at least one touchdown in nine of his last ten games. The one time he didn't was against Jacksonville. He threw for at least two scores in six of those nine aforementioned games, and he just lit up the Panthers for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So you got to like him in this matchup. I think. And then uh, that was a revenge game, though. That's a good point. (laughs) Is this one? I got to think hard. Has he played for the Chiefs? No. No. They, he probably tried out for him and they cut him, <laughs> I would imagine, um, or didn't make the team. And then for the running backs, uh, Matt Forte, I'm not playing him, even if he's active. Bilal Powell, I said, it might take a chance on me running back. But, hey, if Forte sits, I think he's up to a B grade in this matchup. All right, let's go to the Patriots at the Bills. Get this stat. Getting it. Get it. Brady's average game in Orchard Park over the past six seasons. Average game. Stepping on my touchdown call well, here. I, well, I wrote it, and you talk, you, st- you took it from me. 360 <laughs> yards, average game, 360 yards, 3.4 touchdowns in Orchard Park over the last six seasons for Tom Brady. I got to like Brady. He's obviously. an easy A. You yes. took that from me. But uh, how about this? Gronk, also an easy A. Seven yeah. touchdowns in four career 100-yard <laughs> games and six career games in Buffalo. <laughs> the only time he didn't score in Buffalo, he had seven catches for 94 yards. Yeah, that's your downside. Yeah, that's your downside in this game. Uh, Brandon Cook's getting an A as well. Belichick spent the bye week devising ways to get Cook's the ball in the three games since then. He's had 27 targets, six receptions exactly in every game, at least 74 yards, and scored in two of those three. 
In the last three weeks, number one wide receivers have torched the Bills, too. Keenan Allen had that huge game two yep. weeks ago. Michael Thomas had nine catches for 117 the week before. You know why Gronk always goes off in Buffalo. It's homecoming. Homecoming game, yeah. yeah. He loves the home cooking. Oh, yeah. Uh, Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead both getting a B. The snap counts and touch load are pretty much dead even for Lewis and Burkhead, and they're facing a Buffalo defense that's allowed the most rushing scores and the seventh most yards to running backs. They've been an absolute disaster since Marcel Darius has gone away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Danny Amendola is the only other guy I'm going to mention. He's on the bench. Uh, been held to 40 or fewer yards in five of his last six games. There's a lot of other guys. I kind of liked Mike Gillisley if he was active in a revenge game, yeah. but uh, uh, we got to see him active first. So, yeah, uh, that would be not being a healthy scratch is yeah. one of the key por por portions to scoring a touchdown. Yep. Uh, yeah. LaShawn McCoy, I'm giving a B. He scored in three of his four career games against the Patriots, and the Patriots are allowing 4.9 yards per carry and the second most receiving yards to opposing backs, but. He only gets the B because game flow could take him out of this game really quickly, mm. and, they, and they could just be passing the ball. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, though, giving him a bench grade. One passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown total in his last three games against New England. He's never topped 246 yards against the Patriots. The only guy in the passing game I can give a starting grade to is Zay Jones, the Madden glitch. He gets a C grade. He's the only thing in the receiving game worth a look. Since Taylor returned halfway through the Peterman debacle, in that Chargers game, uh -huh. Jones leads the team with 17 targets since that point in only a game and a half of work. Ten targets last week only translated to three catches for 33 yards. Did get a score last week, though. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin out indefinitely with a knee injury. Yep. Jordan Matthews is invisible. <laughs> is. Charles Clay is on the bench as well. Clay hasn't scored since week three and has only scored one time in his last nine meetings with New England. Nice work on a tricky matchup. 49ers take on the Bears. This is a lot easier than your matchup. There's uh, only three Niners to even talk about. Let's go to the running game first. Carlos Hyde, a C grade here. Averaging just 58 rushing yards per game. Uh, but he does get targeted seven times per game, so he's chipping in a little more through the air. He's gone over 100 total yards in two of the last three games, but he faces a Bears defense that's allowed just four running backs to top 80 total yards, and just one runner to top 100 total yards. So I don't love the matchup here. We'll give him a C grade. Let's go to the passing game. It's Jimmy Garoppolo's debut game for the 49ers. The Bears have been a top 10 pass defense all year, but they've loosened up quite a bit recently. They've allowed six passing touchdowns in their last three games. The three highest passing average games they've allowed have come in the last five weeks. The part, yeah, the three highest passing yardage games they've allowed have come in the last three, five weeks. So trending the wrong way for this defense. Uh, Adrian Amos, their safety is not going to play in this game, and his backup may not play in this game, and so that may help, and that will also loosen things up for Marquise Goodwin with a B grade. He's led the team in yards each of the last three weeks, averaging 76 per game. Bears have allowed four touchdowns to wide receivers in those same three games, and then get this. Nine different receivers. Nine times. Different receivers have topped 50 <laughs> yards in just the last four games. Nine different receivers have topped 50 yards. we got to set it up Good. so it's not nine different. It's you got to say nine it happened time, nine times. times. Yeah, I, Let's work on this. Why, yeah, I'll, I'll have to phrase that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Good. Revenge game for Marquise? Sorry. Oh, no, no Buffalo. That was Buffalo. My bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Goodwin uh, leads the NFL in average yards per catch at 21 and a half. Average yards per catch, nice, which is bonkers. B grade for him. Chicago side, I love Jordan Howard this week. 
He goes up against the San Francisco defense that's allowed the second most rushing yards, the most receiving touchdowns to, uh, and, and most receiving yards to running back. So he should be in a, a great spot here. He should see 15 or more carries for the ninth time in the last 10 weeks. And nine the times. volume. There you go. <laughs> nine times. Thank you. <laughs> and he should have all that volume should make him a lock for a big game against the 49ers that have allowed a touchdown and or 100 yard rushers in seven straight weeks. Jordan Howard, terrific start. This even trickles down to Tariq Cohen, who's a, a spot starter here. If John Fox is smart, he'll work in a lot of Cohen against the San Francisco defense that's allowed the most receiving yards to running backs all year. 49ers are the only team that has allowed over 600 yards receiving to the position, and they're so much worse than everybody else. There's a 100-yard buffer to the next team wow. in receiving yards allowed to running backs. So, Tariq Cohen, glimpse of life. How about a C grade on Adam Shaheen? Maybe as a flyer, the Niners are getting killed by tight ends lately. Over the last five games, they've given up six tight end touchdowns. Shaheen did nothing last week, and there's no guarantee here. (laughs) But there is an angle. On the bench is the rest of the passing game. Mitch Trubisky just isn't improving much, and he's thrown just four touchdowns in seven games. And his 160-yard-per-game average isn't getting better lately. It's not like he's trending towards higher stats. He's really not. And that just, to me, that torpedoes Dontrell Inman as well. I know there's some temptation to use him against the 49ers here, but the Bears' passing game hasn't proven they can beat anybody and not even necessarily a mediocre Niners group. Let's go to the phones. We need a Ed Rooney um, on the soundbar. We really do. Let's get Ed Rooney on the soundbar. Ryan, thank you for your patience. Well, thanks for taking my call, guys. I love the show. Thank you. So I know it's not lightning round, so I'm trying to possibly get in if I can. Yes. Cool. Um, so I have Danny Woodhead in, and you guys said that wasn't good, but I kind of have a, uh, a lot of mediocre this week. So I got Darkwell or Booker I could start um, in place. Would that be feasible? Well, I like Booker a lot more than Woodhead. I gave him a starting grade, and he was my take-a-chance-on-me runner. So maybe I'm a little biased there. No, I do I, too. I think, got, it's, I think it's a better play. I've got him ranked higher than all the others. Perfect. And then you guys just said good things about uh, Marquise Goodwin. Would you put him in over Latavius Murray in my flex spot? Yes. In PPR. PPR, Goodwin's not a great PPR guy. He's a low volume, high impact guy. Um, If you need, you know, I think it depends a little bit on what you want out of the position. Yeah. Right. Goodwin's your high risk, high reward guy. Right. Murray's Murray's not catching any passes. Murray doesn't catch any pass. Is it PPR, Ryan? It is PPR, yeah. Yeah, Murray so doesn't help you're, ho- you're hoping for like 50, 60 yards and a touchdown from Murray, but Goodwin could easily top both of those things if he has a good game. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Been, Appreciate uh, it. Getting me in the first place this year. Outstanding. Thank you, Ryan. Go ahead, Regular Bilal, caller, Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. Hi. Um, sorry. Yeah, I take off to home. So I got um, Julio Jones. Currently, I put him actually in my lineup. I have Devin Funches on my bench. That's my current setup right now. But I also have Kareem Hunt in. Um, would you keep that setup? Uh, well, we we had the Funches discussion, and yeah. we don't know the cornerback situation. Yeah, it, it all depends on Lattimore and Crawley to me. If they're if those guys are out, then yeah. I'm definitely playing Funches. Crawley's going to play. play if Lattimore's out. If Lattimore is out, I might put Funches over Hunt. But if Lattimore is yeah, in, I would go Hunt, 
Julio. That's that's I, my I think I agree. Gut there as of right now. Well, if you had um, Burkhead, would you throw him? Ah! In? <laughs> I, I like Burkhead. I, I got over, Burkhead over Hunt. I have Burkhead ahead of Hunt too. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, then would you keep Julio in? Well, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll go that route. Uh, wait. Wait on that one. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. I, I was yeah, man, thinking about something really quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had a uh, caller do this, but I'm currently sitting really well in all three of my leagues. If I win on any of them, can I donate to one of your guys' charity choices? Yeah. Um, you should hit up Scott Fish for sure, at ScottFish24 on Twitter. Yeah, He's he got, does some. Uh, uh, he does an organization care, called Fantasy, Fantasy Cares, Cares, which uh, provides uh, toys for uh, needy children. Yeah, yeah, toys for tots. $8,000 right. worth yesterday. Yeah. Pretty impressive. That'd be yeah. great. Thank you, Ben. That's nice you're right. thinking about Take that. Care, I really that appreciate that very much. Um, we actually have time for one more, which feels weird. We should be just jammed on time because of uh, all the all the matchups to get to, but we're going to work on another call. Paul, hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Talking um, to you. So I got a conundrum. I'm between. Uh, I got Darkwa, and I picked up Williams um, due to your rankings. And then I also have so it's between Darkwa and uh, Jamal Williams. Which, nope. Which Williams? Marco Murray. Yeah, which so, which Williams are you talking about? Just to be clear on this, Jamal, Jamal Williams. It is Jamal Williams. Okay, yeah, all right. I, I just want to double so check. I got him. I'm pretty much good on him. I think, but it's yeah. between. Dark one, Murray. So Murray's I, I, just been killing me. Murray is killing you. And here's at sooner or later, Tennessee's not in a position to keep scuffling along, barely winning games, losing games they should win. They need to get their best player on the field. That's Henry, who's been the far better yep. running back for a month. And I'm worried that at sooner or later they're going to quit this timeshare thing. One of these games, it's been and they're just two gonna, years, and they haven't. I understand? Done it. Well, I know, but also Murray was great last year, and he's been. He started okay this year, and he's he's been garbage yeah. for about a month. Absolutely. Sooner or later, I I worry if I'm a Demarco Murray owner that they're going to go. Hey, what happens if we get Derrick Henry 22 carries in a game? Tennessee's cruising into a playoff spot almost no matter what right now, so they can afford to just like waste Demarco Murray touches and keep things off of Henry, knowing that Henry's going to be their guy next year. Yeah, let's start dark. Well, you, if only because you know the Giants have to keep the ball away from the quarterback <laughs> position at all costs. Thank all you, right, Paul. Thanks, Good luck. Go add Bilal Powell. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd play dark over Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Gallman was uh, eating into those carries a little bit. Nah, not, not meaningfully. Everyone's getting a chance to play for the Giants. <laughs> Anybody who wants to play. I'm the third string running back on Sunday, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you are. Five hot questions. Can you go 5-0? and oh? Match your wits with our panel of experts when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. Before we get to five hot questions, a quick reminder. Hang on. Flipping through notes. 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 The Greenbelt Premium Crush Charge Challenge winner is. Thank you. It is 
Joe Feehan. Oh. Jo- sorry. John Feehan. You mispronounced the Joe I got the, part? I got, the, I got, the, I got the John wrong. Uh, so paralyzed with fear over the last names that come up. Now, John Feehan will be joining me at Manny's Steakhouse in January for the Winner's Banquet and his chance at the $2,000 grand prize. Many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Greenbelt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Don't forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GreenBelt.com. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Lee Wendinger, and Ted and Jody Marty, the owners. And many thanks to Dave Wilson, manager, Manny Steakhouse. Mmm. Mmm. Devani's hot question number one. Can I eat at Manny's right now? That is that's what I, that's what I'm thinking about right now. From this point going forward, new starting receiver Josh Gordon will finish as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex or bench player. Let's begin with Matt. He's a bench player because Deshaun Kaiser isn't good. Kaiser Soso would be a nice nickname for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm taking that. That's good. I, 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 Why, where's that been to, all year? To, to be fair, Why I got that only... from the from the Bill Simmons podcast. Oh shoot! No, but, I can't. But use it, it. it it's still a great God nickname. Darn it! <laughs> uh, Chargers this week for uh, Cleveland. Ravens and Bears in the fantasy playoffs are bad matchups. The only good matchup is against Green Bay. That's a lot of rust to knock off for a guy who hasn't played in three years. He's a bench player. Yeah, I don't have much to add. The Green Bay game might give him enough points. Uh, from an overall perspective, to <laughs> make him a make him flex worthy. But from a points per game perspective, no, you're benching him in every week outside of Green Bay next week. So yeah, he's on the bench. Um, yeah, you can't get to wide receiver one status or even wide receiver two status with a quarterback who can't throw. And so you know, that knocks out wide receiver one and two. And now it's just flex or bench. And you guys have decoded this correctly. The schedule only has him really as feeling safe to start against Green Bay. I don't like Baltimore, Chicago, or Pittsburgh matchups and. Let's remember, he played five games in 2014, his most recent season, and scored no touchdowns. Giovanni's hot question number two. With the Giants now at the direction of the dark lord of worm burners, should fantasy owners just drop Sterling Shepard? Brian, this one cuts to the core, doesn't it? No, not really. Oh, come on. Oh, you're, oh, you're just numb. I it. remember when the hot question was, should you drop all your Giants like six, seven weeks ago? I said, no, you got to hold Shepard and Engram. And I'm still holding Shepard, even with Geno Smith mm-hmm. and, and Austin Webb and whoever else, Uncle Rico coming in to play quarterback. Uh, he'll get the targets to at least warrant rostering Shepard. I'm not saying you have to start him every week. People are rostering Dontrell Inman right now, so I would still hold on to Sterling Shepard, who is an elite talent. And you'll want him in Week 16 at Arizona, who is allowing the fourth-most PPR points per game to slot receivers. And in that game, in Glendale, Eli Manning will make an appearance, (laughs) and he's going to hit Sterling Shepard in the same end zone where he found Plaxico Burris in the greatest Super Bowl of all time (laughs) when they beat the undefeated New England Patriots. So I'm holding Shepard. All right. Uh, I wish I could uh, have a song to help me... uh... Oh, yeah. I think Sterling Shepard is a sabotage drop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who says that Shepard's migraines are over? They're only just beginning. <laughs> Speaking of someone who hasn't played a meaningful game since 2014, that's Geno Smith's last year as a starter. In 2014, <laughs> the Jets were bottom five in wide receiver receptions, yards, and touchdowns. In 2013, it was more of the same, bottom seven in receptions, yards, and touchdowns to wide receivers. In his two years as a starter, he only threw 15 wide receiver touchdowns, 
four teams have hit that mark this year in 11 games. He's a drop. Uh, if Sterling Shepard thought his migraines were bad before, wait until he's absorbing a half dozen Aaron passes clanking off the back of his helmet. That's what we're looking at for Sterling Shepard. Geno Smith, you you broke down all the stats. Let me give you, I'm going to go even more granular on Sterling Shepard. He plays out of the slot. Here are his slot matchups for the next four weeks. And we don't do week 17 on the show because league shouldn't play in week 17. Tomorrow, he gets Oakland's TJ Carey, who ranks 20th by Pro Football Focus. Negative matchup. Then he gets Orlando Skandrick, who ranks as cornerback 105. That's his only particularly positive matchup left. Then he gets Patrick Robinson of the Eagles. He ranks second at cornerback by Pro Football Focus. And then lastly, he gets Honey Badger in week number 16. Who Who is giving up the fourth most PPR points per game to slot receivers, the Cardinals are. Okay. Uh, you, could, you can take that up with uh, Pro Football Focus. They got him ranked 48, which is just okay. It's okay. Would you have right. rather the Giants cut Eli this week? That's your one scenario, right? Is if they bring back Eli, game on. You know, now, you know, that changes. Now I'm interested in start. I would so I'd hold be, them. Don't I'd be starting. I'd be starting him. <laughs> I'd be starting start him em. tomorrow. All right, don't but, drop him. It's a bad. There move, is right? a chance that Gino is going to, you know, take him. He's going to work himself out of the rotation, which he should. But is Davis Gino Webb Smith. the next quarterback? Uh, well, it, see, that is yeah. There's that as well. John Probably. Mara, the owner, I think he is going to murder Ben McAdoo. He is very upset, and Manning will be playing again for the Giants. I guarantee you that for this year. It's going to take a homicide to get there, but Probably. it's what I hear you say, or a firing. All right. Let's move on. Devani's hot question number three. Should Aaron Rodgers be rostered by teams headed to the playoffs? Matt. Yes, he's Aaron Rodgers, and he's coming back week 15. However, his two fantasy matchups uh, that he'll see in the fantasy playoffs are tough. Carolina in Carolina in week 15, home for the Vikings in an Anthony Barr revenge game in week 16. Neither of those are particularly good matchups, but he is Aaron Rodgers. And even to keep him away from somebody else in your playoffs, you should roster him and at least store him on your bench. All right. Yeah, I mean, even if you have Carson Wentz right now, I still want, you never know what's going to happen to Wentz this week or Correct. next week. I want Rodgers on my bench as an option in the playoffs, absolutely. And let's not forget, you, to your quarterback today, it could maybe, you know, he may he might be out for the season by the time Sunday's over. Look at all the backups that are playing across the league right now, and there's no guarantee. You may have even... Even if you're nervous about starting Aaron Rodgers in his first game back off a throwing shoulder injury in Carolina, you might need to start him. Week number 15. Answer, yes. Giovanni's hot question number four. Available in 40% of leagues, Aaron Rodgers, right now. Wow. I mean, it's you know, a lot of people gave oh. up on him. Yeah, no you kidding. just added him. Devani's hot question number four. For the rest of the season, is Kareem Hunt an RB1, RB2, flex, or bench, Brian? Well, I gave him a, a C grade this week, and then uh, after this week, it's Oakland, uh, the Chargers, Miami. Those There are no roadblocks there, really, so there's enough flex appeal uh, to keep him as a flex play for me. But he basically is the Deshaun Jackson of running backs right now. He's very boomer bust, but uh, I also mentioned how... Yeah, where's Char- the boom, Ben? Uh, Char- yeah, back West. to September. Yeah, I know. Char- Kendrick West is injured. I don't know how long that's going to last. His, uh, his snap count goes way up without West, and so do his targets. So there's some hope there as well. So I'm going to just say flex level, though. All right. Uh, 
Brian mentioned the schedule. It's worth noting Oakland, Chargers, and Dolphins are all home games for for the Chiefs uh, in the fantasy playoffs, all three of which rank in the bottom 12 of run defenses. I also think what Charch said earlier is Kansas City is out with pitchforks and torches right now. Patrick Mahomes is looming. He is a more mobile quarterback and a stronger-armed quarterback, and his mobility might help the offensive line, which would in turn help Hunt so I have him as an RB2 the rest of the way. The way I haven't thought about it till now that you mention it, and I do think there is a chance Mahomes gets in this season. Where he would help is he'd throw downfield and mm-hmm. pull defenses away from the line of scrimmage. The Bills just put eight men in the box the whole time. They were all bunched to the line of scrimmage, whole game long. They're run blitzing all the time. Kareem Hunt's getting tackled for losses. If you've got, you know, the moment Mahomes steps on the field, he's got like the strongest arm in the NFL at that point. Yeah. And so he should open up downfield passing, and that that might free up things for Hunt as well, who is an RB2 the rest of the way. Devani's hot question number five. Many Empire and Dynasty leaguers are already looking toward next season. Which widely available player should be rostered now for help next year? Matt. Uh, it's a guy I just mentioned. He's owned in 28% of uh, my fantasy league leagues right now, and that's Pat Mahomes. Uh, he's going to be the starter for the Chiefs as early as maybe this week. They could, well, probably not <laughs> like tomorrow. Halfway through this this game, halfway he, he through, might be the next. You're calling so, your shot, okay? Um, strong arm, great deep ball, pretty mobile, and he's got weapons. He's got Kareem Hunt, who's been a, a good running back. At least he showed flashes at the beginning of the season. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. If the O line gets a little bit better in the off season. He could and he could help make that happen single handedly. I think Patrick Mahomes is a guy that people are going to be taking in the, uh, you know, second tier of quarter. It's not second tier, but second uh, group of quarterbacks, right. QB fifteen ish. Yeah, something like that. Okay, Brian. All right, so this Alshon Jeffrey contract extension that was announced this morning puts a little dent in my take here, but I'm still going to go with Mac Hollins, wide receiver, uh, rookie wide receiver for the Eagles. Uh, Torrey Smith, we all know, is garbage. Uh, he should not be a threat to Hollins' playing time next year. Jeffrey will be in town, but uh, he's like forever questionable, as we all know. True. Injuries are always looming with Alshon Jeffrey. And Hollins is a freak athlete, 6'4", 220. He's shown flashes in his limited playing time. So I think he takes a, a leap next year. And in, in an offense, it looks like it's going to be one of the most prolific ones for years to come, which makes this Giants fan very sad. Uh, you are correct. Mac, Hall- Mac Hollins is the correct answer for this. And I, I actually mentioned it on what? the show. I mentioned on the show last week or the week before that I advised Empire and Dynasty leaders to pick up Mac Hollins. And I'm, I'm sticking with it. And all of a sudden coming back doesn't really change much. It's Torrey Smith's job that he's taken away. Torrey Smith's done. He, has, he can be released with no cap ramifications, even though he's under contract uh, next year. They can release him with no ramifications, and they will. He just set a career high with 38 snaps last week. Mac Hollins did. He's caught a pass in six straight games. He's caught 12 of 13 passes that have been thrown his way. So I think there's some increasing confidence in Mac Hollins, and he could finish this, this, the season well. And keep this in mind. If Mac Hollins is, this, is a starting receiver next year for the Eagles, he gets Carson Wentz's like whole career ahead of him to be able to play with Wentz. That makes... Uh, that's. You know, that's such a huge, huge boon to any promising wide receiver to have a young, awesome quarterback at your disposal, Mac Hollins. Let's work in a matchup. Next matchup is Texans taking on the Titans. Uh, Brian, I, frankly, I don't have a lot of Texans I like here, but knowing you, you're going to find a way to get Lamar Miller into this discussion. <clears throat> 
Well, yeah, of course. But let's start with DeAndre Hopkins, who gets an A, um, obviously. Uh, yeah. 76 yards and a touchdown against Pat Pete. Seven for 125 against the vaunted Ravens secondary. you got to love him in this matchup. Uh, he had 10 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. So Nuke is an obvious start. Bruce Ellington is my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver in this amazing matchup for wide receivers. So that's that. And I'm even going to give C.J. Fedorowicz a C. Not a great matchup on paper, but Tennessee has allowed a tight end to top 50 yards in more of half their games. And C.J. is averaging seven targets per game with Tom Savage. He missed the first meeting this year, but scored in both meetings last season, so he is viable in the tight end wasteland that is uh, in fantasy football this year. Tom Savage contemplated him as a a take-a-chance-on-me guy. And I was going to dust off the impersonation, but he's on the bench. Oh, good. We thought Jacoby Brissett was going to blow up against the... Titans last week. Yeah, they sacked him like 92 yeah. times so instead. I'm not like Savage. That's He's right. on the bench. And uh, you got to give Lamar Miller a C. He actually had a great game in the first meeting. Um, cue up the Peacock, by the way. This is the meeting when Deshaun Watson, no one was rostering him. And he had five touchdowns. This is my ticket chance on the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. But it's a tough matchup without Watson for Miller. The most rushing yards Tennessee has allowed to a single back was 77 to Jay Ajayi, and it took 25 carries to get him there. But, uh, Miller will catch some balls out of the backfield, so he's a, a very soft C. Over to the Titans side, Rashard Matthews, iffy with a hamstring. I'm going to give him a B if he plays, but I'm, I'm going to be nervous about it. But the matchup is just too good. The Texans are top six in the most yards and touchdowns surrendered to wide receivers. The Texans secondary has also allowed number one wide receivers to top 90 yards and score a touchdown in four of their last five games. Uh, but if Matthews cannot go, that is a boon for Corey Davis. I'll mm-hmm. give him a B if Matthews plays. And a B if Matthew sits. Really? <laughs> All right. Wasn't he supposed to go off last week? He was supposed week? to go off last he week, not. and he didn't. I don't know. And he also just saw four targets, and his snap count last week was the lowest it's been since returning from injury. So yeah, I don't know. Really and that was with Rashard Matthews out. I don't know it's the same thing. It's, it's the Eric Decker theory, though. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> right. I don't think everyone's going to know what that means. <laughs> no. Anyway, well, speaking of Eric Decker, he's on the bench, has topped four catches or 50 yards just once all season, and that's regardless if Matthews plays or not. This has just been an awful landing spot for Decker. He's on the bench. I like Delaney Walker, though. He gets a B. He has topped 60, yard, 60 yards in five straight games and is averaging nearly eight targets per game during that span. The Texans have allowed the fifth most receptions and touchdowns to tight ends, so Walker's a nice play. And you would assume Marcus Mariota is a nice play, but he has wet the bed in many nice. <laughs> I know. Every time you think Mariota's set up with this great opportunity, nothing. But this is ah, this is what so they call tantalizing. This, this offense, uh, exotic smash mouth. In exotic the smash mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. really worked out. I'd rather we haven't, had, we haven't had either. I'd rather like listen to smash mouth. Oh, no, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go. Let's not be hasty. Uh, hey, now you're an all-star? Come on. No, not a <laughs> chance I play. <laughs> Good, I don't want it either. Uh, but since week three, only three quarterbacks have failed to throw for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns against Houston, and that was Blaine Gabbert, Kevin Hogan, and Joe Flacco. So I'm giving Mariota B, even though it should be an A. And I'm benching DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I like Henry a little bit more, or I do like Henry probably a lot more at this point, but it's a brutal matchup. Houston is ranked ninth against the run by football outsiders and have allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns to running backs. These two combined for 38 rushing yards in the first meeting, so they're both on the bench for me. Broncos take on the Dolphins. We already talked about Devontae Booker. I think we all like him as as a a a take-a-chance-on-me style dart throw this week. Passing offense is now back with Trevor Simeon, so what do you think of that? And it kind of torpedoes... They're sort of torpedoes Demarius Thomas, who only seems to do anything when he's got Brick Osweiler at the helm. Well, somebody once told me the world was going to roll me, but uh, Trevor Simeon's getting a C grade. 
the Dolphins have allowed 10 touchdown passes in the last three games, and there are three NFL teams who have allowed 10 or fewer touchdown <laughs> passes all season. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins have also allowed 27 or more points in six straight games. Simeon came in and led two late touchdown drives last week after coming in for Paxton Lynch. I get the gut feeling that there's going to be some newfound confidence for mm, Simeon here. Yeah, I, I think the Broncos come out and win this game. It's it's going to be a good one for them. Uh, it's a good matchup for both uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So I gave both B's. Uh, both wide receivers will get uh, or will not get Dolphins cornerback or they no they will get De- <laughs> Dolphins cornerbacks Xavier Howard and Cordrea Tankersley. Yes, Howard is a uh, Pro Football Focus 119th grade among 119 cornerbacks. That's not good. Tankersley has allowed the NFL's eighth highest passer rating so far this year, so they're both in with B grades. Austin Trailer. He's a he's a C grade kind of a desperation dart throw at Austin tight end. Trailer you say yeah all right in the last four weeks four tight ends have either topped a hundred yards or mm-hmm. scored against the Dolphins Trailer came out of nowhere and looked good enough that the Broncos cut cut AJ Derby starting tight end yeah. AJ Derby who is now on the Dolphins oh, on the yeah. other side well you know why they picked him up the game plan right? that's right they they're, <laughs> they 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 they're get they're getting all the intel out of AJ Derby so it's a big revenge game this is the big revenge game for almost the entire dolphins team it's not AJ Derby though you're not starting him uh, no. but it is a revenge game for Julius Thomas who i mentioned is my take a chance on me tight end Jay Cutler Jay Cutler and head coach Adam Gase oh, good who point. is the offensive yeah. coordinator there there you go Cutler gets a C he comes out of the concussion protocol and appears to be starting this game. I called it a few weeks back with Andy Dalton in uh, Take a Chance on Me. The Broncos have a break-but-don't-bend offense. A lot of touchdowns and low yardage. And the, the last four quarterbacks to face the Broncos have thrown for multiple touchdowns, 12 over that four-game span. But no quarterback has topped 266 yards against the Broncos all year. That's why Cutler gets a C. Then there's the wide receivers, Landry, Stills, and Parker. Only two wide receivers have topped 64 yards against the Broncos this year, but 10 different wide receivers have scored. Two which chains is weird, to leave. Yeah. Which is weird. That's the break-but-don't-bend defense right there. That's what I said. The break-but-don't-bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two chains to leave out for the next two weeks, which helps a little bit. Uh, Parker gets the C because he's targeted eight times per game, and in every healthy Jay Cutler, that's in every healthy Jay Cutler game, and he runs more routes at the left cornerback, which is what Tlaib is vacating. Uh, Stills gets a bench grade because he's the deep yardage guy, and that's just not the Broncos' M.O. right, right. there. And Landry gets a C because he's the most touchdowny of the wide receivers, but Chris Harris will travel to the slot, yeah, and Harris, Harris has only no, allowed one, awesome. tight, one touchdown to wide receivers the entire year. Yeah. The last guy I'll mention is Kenyon Drake. He gets a B grade. Damian Williams and Sonoris Perry are out. That means practice squad call-up Davion Smith is the only other healthy running back on the roster. Also, the Broncos will be missing DeMonte Peck and Derek Wolf, their best two defensive linemen. Williams and Drake were averaging over seven targets per game post-Ajayi. And the Raiders running backs just totaled 187 yards and two touchdowns against this defense last week. It's going to be a, it's going to be a nice little day for Kenyon Drake. Throw him in one of your fanball lineups if you, uh, if you have yeah, him, because he's, he's at a good cheap, price. He's cheap on fanball, that's for sure. When we come back, Tampa Bay takes on the Packers. Jameis Winston returns. Does he ignite this offense? Find out when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan.
Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison. Brian Johnson with you. we got a big block of matchups and then uh, lightning round looming. Premature speculation is done for the year because we're at that stage of the year. Buccaneers take on the Packers and... Couple of uh, key elements here for you. First, the the Bucks just put their starting center and tackle on injured reserve. I'm very nervous about this offense, to be honest. Um, even with Jameis Winston returning, I'm, I think there's a lot of reason. My my first instinct early in the week was like Winston's returning. He's like 300 yards per game. He's 299 per game. This is really good. And then more I'm digging into this, the more I'm 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 nervous. So let's talk about it. Jameis Winston gets a B grade here. It is a Green Bay defense that's allowed the fifth most passing yards over the past five weeks. Um, but I worry about his, his rustiness, his offensive line, the prospect of re-injury. Deshaun Jackson's got a foot injury. We don't. He's a true game time decision. I'm I'm not counting on Jameis Winston having the blow up game that you think a game against the Packers automatically will be. Well, he hasn't finished the last two games he well, started. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Re-injury. I listed yeah. re-injury as one of these. He needs to finish a game. So let's talk about Deshaun Jackson, because normally this would be a, a great matchup for him because, as we have elucidated on this show several times over the past month or so, speed receivers are killing the Packers. That's Deshaun Jackson's whole game. But he's a true game-time decision right now. So you got to show some caution here. And, and again, the offensive line may not allow Jameis Winston time to set up for deep passes. So just a C-grade on Jackson. Mike Evans, it's a B-grade. Uh, he got, I get... There are, re- I get, there are normally there are reasons for optimism here. He has been targeted at least ten times in four of the last five games. Hasn't scored since week seven, though. Green Bay's defense is susceptible to receivers. You know that they're bottom five in yards and touchdowns allowed to receivers. But still, just I'm worried about this whole offense uh, altogether, and I've got some concern for Evans as well. So he gets to, goes from an A to a B uh, for me midweek when they put their center tackle on IR. Cameron Braid and O.J. Howard are a disaster. They're out. Um, I know uh, I know. Howard's been getting more looks lately, and you know Braid was better with Winston. You can play all that stuff, but I wouldn't start either one. Tampa Bay's runners. Doug Martin's going to miss this game. So that means you're going to see the, the workload split up three ways, which is a wreck for fantasy owners. Maybe one guy between Sims and Rodgers and Barber might do something sort of fantasy relevant, but it's a middle-of-the-pack pack. Run defense, and good luck guessing which one of those might maybe do something. I think of all of them, Sims is the one that's kind of attractive just because he's the you know what he's catching running back. Yeah. The offensive line's having trouble, might be a lot of dump offs. And I right. think Le'Veon Bell had like 11 targets last week against them. Yeah, maybe. So that might be an angle. Um, I, yeah, I got a lot of concerns. And again, losing two members of your offensive line isn't going to help the run game either. So they're yeah. all on the bench. All right, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the, uh, the Packers side. I already gave you Brett Hundley as my take a chance on me quarterback. He's got a B grade in this one. Let's talk about his receivers, Devontae Adams. He has been locked into by Brett Hundley, targeting him nine times. Oh, we got a button. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Per game <laughs> over the last four weeks. Adams has responded with three of his top four yardage games of the season. He, uh, who he squares off against, though, it leads a, is a little bit up in the air because Vernon Hargreaves probably isn't going to go here. And if Vernon Hargreaves doesn't go, now he gets his backup. Then Hargreaves got got destroyed by Julio Jones last week. So Devontae Adams, uh, a grade in this one with uh, the chaos in the in the secondary. Jordy Nelson, 
Here's his yardage totals over the last five games. 13, 35, 20, 24, and 11. And no touchdowns. But we're dusting him (laughs) off for this game. Brent Grimes has been giving up big plays all year and has been burned by receivers who make their money on the right side of the offense like Jordy Nelson does, including... Stefan Diggs, Odell Beckham, Chris Hogan, John Brown, Ted Ginn, Robbie Anderson, Kenny Stills. It's a glorious matchup for Jordy Nelson. I think Green Bay is going to win this game decidedly, and I think Jordy's going to bounce back with a solid, solid. Could have used Jordy Nelson as a take a chance on me. Wide I almost did. No, I almost did. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was very close. So Jordy gets a C grade here, and actually like him a little more than a C grade, but I don't quite have the stones to put him up as uh, all the way up B, to a B come on. grade. Randall Cobb, also a C-grade. Buccaneers have only allowed one touchdown to a slot receiver, but they've yielded a big yardage to good slot receivers like Adam Thielen and Danny Amendola and Larry Fitzgerald and Jarvis Landry and Mohamed Sanu, who together averaged 94 yards. And so if Randall Cobb can get close to 94 yards, he's certainly startable, and he's got a C-grade as well. Running back Jamal Williams, a B-grade, averaging 20 carries per game over the last three weeks, and average the average line for runners with at least 19 carries against Tampa? 105 yards and almost two touchdowns per game. And he's averaging 20, so he's in that wheelhouse. Williams hasn't been explosive, but he should be able to grind out plenty of fantasy points in this matchup. Brian, Rams take on the Cardinals in this matchup. I've gotten lots and lots of questions about Cooper Cup, and I think it sounds very promising. What do you think about Cooper Cup this week? Yeah, I got an A on uh, Cup. Uh, saw more than 25% of uh, L.A.'s target share last week with Robert Woods out, who will miss this game as well. And uh, as I mentioned before, the Cardinals allow the fourth-most PPR points per game to slot receivers, so I like Cup a lot. Yep. Don't like Watkins as much because I presume he'll draw the majority of Pat Pete's coverage, so he's on the bench for me. And Josh Reynolds was a kind of a, you know, a, a trendy little play last week. Maybe a good dynasty ad, but too cute of a play at this time for me. He's on the bench. Right. Um, and then Jared Goff gets a B. Uh, if Ryan Fitzpatrick could throw for a Fitz hat trick against <laughs> the Cardinals and Tom Savage can throw two touchdowns, I'm giving uh, Goff a pretty strong grade here. Let's just give him an A. And Todd Gurley, obvious A. 154 combo yards and a touchdown when these teams met in Week 7. Uh, over to the Cardinals side. It's a little little ugly here. Adrian Peterson. Uh, I I don't think he's going to play. I don't think it's going to matter. I heard he is. You think so? I heard he's playing, and Kerwin Williams is supposed to play now, which puts DJ Foster out of take-a-chance-on-me territory. Scott Fish is shedding a tear and shaking his fist at me, I'm sure. But I'm going to give Peterson a... uh, No, I'm going to put him on the bench. He's only going to be viable if they keep this game close. I don't think they will, so I just got him on the bench, uh, even though the Rams are allowing 4.7 yards per carry. But I... Expect him to fall behind, so that puts Peterson out of play. Larry Fitzgerald gets a B. The Rams have given up 70 yards or a touchdown to three of the last four slot receivers they face, and he has great history against the Rams. And now let's talk about Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, let's talk about Ricky Seals-Jones. This is going to go one of two ways. (laughs) Yeah. More ridiculousness. (laughs) Yeah. Or a flamethrower of reality mm-hmm. blasting us all in the face who are going to start Ricky Seals-Jones in this match. <laughs> who has, in two games, 126 yards and three touchdowns on seven catches. And the Rams have allowed six catches and 67 yards per game over the last three to tight end. So Ricky Seals-Jones gets it a It feels C. good, doesn't it? Does. <laughs> it should be more than a C, really. I'm starting him over T.Y. Hilton. I, I don't blame you. Yep. Uh, and then Blaine Gabbard, uh, he was also take a chance on me. 
Yeah. The candidate, but no, he's on the bench for me. Uh, the the Rams have uh, allowed multiple passing touchdowns just three times this year, and it's not going to be the fourth time uh, against Blaine Gabbert. No, I don't believe it will be. We'll uh, take a break. When we come back, Steelers taking on the Bengals. Ben Roethlisberger on the road. That means nothing's totally safe. We'll tell you what to expect when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Thank you for joining us today. Best of luck in the final week of the regular season for most leagues. We've got full phone lines, lightning round looming. We got a couple of matchups to work in first, beginning with the Steelers taking on the Bengals. Matt, to it, anytime Brent Roethlisberger's on the road, we know the bit. It's about seventy fewer passing yards and two fewer touchdowns, down to an average of one touchdown pass per road game over the last three years. What do you think about this passing game matchup for the Steelers? Yeah, I only gave Big Ben a C grade in six games versus Cincinnati since the beginning of the 2015 season. Ben has not topped 300 yards and thrown multiple touchdown passes only in two games. So uh, 224 and two in the earlier matchup this season. However, the Steelers have won seven of their last eight games against Cincy and scored 24 or more points in all but two of those games. But since he hasn't allowed a 300-yard passer since week three and has held opposing quarterbacks to one or less touchdowns in four straight games, that's why Big Ben gets a C. Um, His receivers, I have Juju Smith-Schuster and Martavis Bryant on the bench. Juju, it looks like he's going to go, but he's still a little tricky with the hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, I guess you could make the case for Bryant as a C. But the Bengals have only allowed two wide receiver touchdowns in the last five games. It's worth noting that both Antonio Brown and Juju scored in the first meeting. Let's talk about Antonio Brown, who his his uh, status is a little dicey suddenly. Right, toe injury, didn't practice Friday, didn't practice today. And this he, is a Monday night and game. they're the I'm, Monday night know. game. So. so if you've got Antonio Brown, right now, you you need to be taking action in the event that he's a late scratch. Yeah. And my recommendation is go drop somebody for Brandon LaFell. So in that same game, so that if if Brown is a late scratch, you've got LaFell that you could insert into your lineup, and at least you've got a starting wide receiver. In the weird event that Martavis Bryant is available in your league, I think I'd rather go him. Yeah, but I well, think I prob- think LaFell yes. is is. I'm assuming Bryant's less go. available. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah, I would probably agree with that. Um, so I got I, I still have Brown as an A if he goes. Um, it is worth noting that he hasn't scored in five four of his last five games against the Bengals, hmm. but he still puts up good numbers. And Le'Veon Bell, I have a, as an A grade as well. Also, he hasn't scored in his in four straight matchups with the Bengals, but he gets a lot of yards too. Over on the Cincy side, AJ Green's getting an A grade despite being held to three catches for 41 and two catches for 48 in the last two games against Pittsburgh. Green has scored in four of the five prior matchups with the Steelers and topped 70 yards in all of them. And the Steelers have allowed big wide receiver days in each of the last four games. Marvin Jones had six catches for 128 yards. Chester Rogers had six for 104 and a touchdown. Richard Matthews, five for 113 and a touch. Devontae Adams, five for 82 and a touchdown. A.J. Green, still an A. Andy Dalton, his quarterback, he's getting a C grade. Since the beginning of the 2015 season, Dalton has topped 300 yards in one of the five games against Pittsburgh and only thrown for four total touchdowns in those five games. He did have two touchdown throws in the earlier meeting this season but only 140 yards in the process. So if you think the Steelers' defense was exposed a little bit last week, you're partially right. 
Each of the last five quarterbacks to face the Steelers have either thrown for 300 or more yards or multiple scores, hmm. but none of them have done, done both. both. Okay, So it's either going to be a high yardage or a multiple score game. For Dalton, I would bet it's like 202, that kind of thing. Probably both. That sounds Dalton-y right there. It does. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's the only other guy in the Bengals that I think we need to mention. He gets a C grade. Prior to the Jamal Williams outburst last week, the Steelers' defense had held running backs in check. No running back had topped 54 yards on the ground or scored against Pittsburgh since week five. That includes holding Joe Mixon to seven carries for 48 yards in the prior meeting this year, but it was seven carries for 48 yards. That's almost seven yards a carry. So if they can get Mixon involved, he can be he can be a threat, but they got to get him involved. Uh, Giants take on the Raiders. I think this is the Sunday night game. No, maybe it's not. No, that's Eagles Seahawks. That's Eagles Seahawks. All right, Giants take on the Raiders. Uh, let's let's go to the Giants side. You know the deal with the quarterback situation. Let's talk about Sterling Shepard. I've got a C grade on him in part because the Raiders secondary has given up four touchdowns to slot receivers in the last five games. If this were Eli Manning game, we'd be talking about Sterling Shepard as maybe an A grade here. You just said drop him. <laughs> Negative, <laughs> negatively, obviously, the dark lord of worm burner is going to be spraying two hoppers in his general direction. Now, I don't know if he can even get the ball to him. Have we even mentioned his name, no, by the way? We you don't, don't mention the ye, dark lord? Ye whose name will not be mentioned. Ye who's not, not be named? <laughs> that's right. He's the Voldemort <laughs> of fantasy right, football. The that's right. <laughs> uh, Evan Ingram gets a C grade. He had built a nice rapport with Eli Manning, but it's safe to say that that rolls on far shakier grounds now with he who will not be named at the helm. The Raiders have been inconsistent against tight ends, allowing huge games to Delaney Walker, Vernon Davis, A.J. Derby, and Hunter Henry, but then they contain elite receivers like Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. Go figure. C-grade on Evan Engram. C-grade on Orleans Darko. They'll try to run the ball as much as they can. The Raiders rank 12th against the run. They've improved the last three weeks, not allowing any runner to top 70 yards. But part of that's just because teams have just been passing through them, so I think you can still run a bit on the Raiders, and I kind of like Darko here as the C-grade. Let's go to the Oakland side. No Michael Crabtree. No Amari Cooper. Man, do I love Jared Cook, my number one tight end for this week. He faces a Giants defense that ranks 30th in tight end yards allowed and have allowed a tight end to score or top 100 yards in every game until last week. He had been targeted at least five times in every game but one. He has been targeted at least five times in every game but one, and he's going to be the number one passing option, Jared Cook, with Cooper and Crabtree out. Cordero Patterson was a tip might take a chance on me wide receiver. Let's talk Derek Carr. Uh, even without Crabtree and Cooper, I still like him because I like Cook and I like Patterson and maybe even Johnny Holton chips in a little something here. You got any Seth Roberts steam? I don't like Seth Roberts. And Why I'll not? Tell you, he's got because he's got the one tough matchup that's still on the board because okay. he gets uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie in the slot. I'd rather actually throw darts at Johnny Holton. Giants rank 29th in passing yards allowed, and every quarterback but Alex Smith has thrown for at least one touchdown against the Giants. Seven opposing quarterbacks thrown multiple touchdowns, and I think Carr's going to get two here. Giants just, uh, did they officially IR Janoris Jenkins yet? Yes. Yes, they IR Janoris Jenkins. He's done for the year. That helps Derek Carr as well. Finally, let's talk Marshawn Lynch. He's having an absolute resurgence since his suspension. He's now scored uh, three touchdowns in the last three games. He's coming off a season-high 111 total yards, and now he gets a Giants defense that's allowed the fourth most rushing yards to backs, including 130 total yards to a similar power back, Samaj Pirine, just last week. His usage could hit a season-high. In fact, I will predict it will. 
I believe Marshawn Lynch will get a season high in touches this week with Crabtree and Cooper out. B grade for Marshawn Lynch. What about backup tight end Lee Smith for the Raiders? <laughs> I wouldn't rule. I would not rule that out. I wouldn't either. Uh, final matchup before lightning round: Eagles taking on the Seahawks. Brian, I'm not terribly worried about what the Seahawks are going to do to Carson Wentz. He remains my number three overall quarterback this week. Yeah, no Richard Sherman or Cam Chancellor. Carson Wentz gets an A, has accounted for 300 yards and or multiple touchdowns in four road games this year. He'll be money on on Sunday night, uh, as should Alshon Jeffrey. Going to give him an A, uh, five touchdowns in the last four games. As mentioned, no Sherman, no Chancellor. He'll see a lot of Byron Maxwell, who uh, is mediocre at best. I am putting Nelson Aguilar on the bench. Jeremy Lane failed his physical in the Dwayne Brown trade, so he's back manning the slot for Seattle. And he's more than competent, so I don't like Aguilar in this matchup. Uh, I do love Zach Ertz, though. Uh, Seahawks own bottom 10 rankings and catches targets and yards to opposing tight ends, so Ertz gets uh, an easy A. And the running backs, uh, this is a three-way you want no part of, so I have them all on the bench. Seattle still <laughs> boasts top 10 rankings in rushing attempts, rushing yards allowed, and yards per carry. So uh, don't don't go anywhere in the uh, Philly backfield. You know, we get plenty of things wrong, but when that Ajayi trade went down, we nailed the fact that this thing was going to be a cluster boink with too many guys and not enough balls to go around. And one guy is going to be, one guy is going to probably have a good game. And good luck guessing who that's going to be. And that's what we've got now. Uh, 14 year old Matt says, says cluster boink with too many guys and too few balls. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ball talk here. Uh, let's go over to Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, going to give him an A, even though over the last five weeks, Philly has allowed the fewest passing yards at just 166 per game. But the last four quarterbacks they faced were C.J. Beathard, Brock Osweiler, Lack, Prescott, and Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> uh, Philly is also allowing 39 pass attempts per game, the most in the league. And the two true mobile quarterbacks they faced had great games on the ground. Uh, Cam had 71 and a touchdown, and Beathard had four. Well, that's not a great game for Beathard, but 40 yards on six carries. Wilson should do some damage on the ground as well. Doug Baldwin probably not going to do a ton of damage against Pro Football Focus's number two ranked coverage cornerback, Patrick Robinson. That's why I have a C on him. I have Paul Richardson on the bench. Philly hasn't allowed a receiver to go over 70 yards in their last five games and has just given up one touchdown during that span. But Jimmy Graham, oh man, does he get an A. I don't care who he's playing. Get this, he has 12 targets from the five-yard line in. There are only 13 wide receivers with at least 12 targets from the 20-yard line and in. Wow. And wide receivers not on that list. Uh, A.J. Green, Alshon Jeffrey, Jordy Nelson, Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton. All guys who are struggling, by the way. Yeah, think about the value you got on draft day of Jimmy Graham. He's been unreal. And, yeah. uh, and over the running game, I got Mike Davis and Eddie Lacy on the bench. Philly is ranked third against the run, and these two should split carries and concede third down work. To J.D. McKissick, who I will give a C- in PPR if you're very desperate. Uh, Fish used him as a take last week. I used him the week before. He had double-digit PPR points both weeks. He could do it again. Philly is top 10 in most targets seen by opposing running backs and has allowed the second-most receiving touchdowns to the position as well. It's time for lightning round. You know the rules. One question between two guys. We listen to your question. We hang up on you. You listen to the response on the delay feed on your radio. That's how it works. We love that. Uh, let's get to the phones. Many people nice enough to hold for a very long time, including Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Um, so I have half-point PPR, and I'm wondering in between Golden Tate and um, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I 
Golden Tate by a hair for me. David, you're next. Hello? David, you're up. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, this is David. Uh, I have a full-point PPR and a flex position, and I'm looking between Cooper Cup and Marvin Jones Jr. It's Cup by a long shot. We don't. I, in fact, Marvin Jones got a, a bench grade for me in this one, and Cooper Cup got an A grade from Brian. Jason, you're next. Hey, guys. Um, I need uh, an option between Derek Carr and Brett Hundley. Uh, Carr Hundley? <laughs> yeah. uh, Two B grades. I had both of those matchups, gave him both B grades. If I would go with the one you have a, a pairing with a wide receiver, if possible. But man, I don't know. I would go. I would here's go. A, I would here's go why. Yeah, I'd go Huntley. Here's why. There's a chance Marshawn Lynch simply runs this team yeah. to victory. Yeah, and I don't think there's Jamal Williams a, there's is going to do that. There's not enough receivers for Carr right, right now either. I think that's the yep. bit right there. Uh, Wade, you're next. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, thank you. Uh, one point PPR flex. I'm looking at Kareem Hunt or Robbie Anderson. Ah, it is tough. I gave Robbie an A. Uh, yeah, I think I gotta go Robbie. Ride the hot hand right now. Kareem Hunt is not hot. Tyler, you're next. Hey guys, I got Mariota or Alex. All right, is that Alex Mariota or, or Alex Smith? Uh, even though Smith was my take on, I gotta go Mariota in that matchup. It's not close. Peter, you're next. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Alex Collins, Kareem Hunt, standard scoring. Oh, man. You like Collins. I do like Collins. I mean, if it's standard scoring and we're really just playing for a touchdown and yards, yeah, I'd I'd actually play Collins over Hunt. I hate to say that because I I love Hunt so much. No, no, Sharkhandrick West is significant, but yeah, if it's standard. Grover, you're next. Uh, Good morning, guys. Uh, PPR, uh, Evans or Marquise Lee? I'm still going uh, Evans. Yeah, for sure. Mike, you're next. Mike? Oh, hey, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, Flex, I got uh, Larry Fitzgerald or, um, um, God dang it, uh, Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably go Hyde here. I don't know who yeah. had that matchup. Yeah, Fitz I'd is kind of a safe play, but his ceiling is pretty capped. Hyde could pop off on any given day. Ben, you're next. Ben? Hey, guys. Uh, standard scoring. Mohamed Sanu or Josh Gordon? <laughs> I've got bench grades on both guys, but I'm, uh, I'll take one of them has the reigning MVP as his quarterback. The other one has Deshaun Kaiser. You know what? The... Sanu might be like the 17th or 18th best quarterback in the league as well. Have you seen him throw some passes recently? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. like last week when he threw a touchdown. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the angle. You should go at uh, Bruce Ellington right now. Yeah. Steve, you're next. Hey, guys. Standard scoring, Deion Lewis or Burkhead? It was Deion Lewis or Burkhead. It's standard scoring, and that that means that kind of neutralizes Burkhead's pass catching angle on this. I know. Although I had, I had both B grades on both of them, but Burkhead got the two touchdowns last week. Yeah, that's too. last week. But Lewis has had way yeah. more carries All right, inside. So let's go, Lewis. The red zone. I would. Uh, Steve, I think you're next. Or was that just your question? That was your question. I think I'm on Mark. Mark, you're next. Yeah. Uh, standard Jermaine Curse or Marquise Lee. Uh, I'll go Curse. I gave him a B. I like that matchup. Uh, neither he or Anderson should see a ton of Marcus Peters. They move around a lot. All right. Uh, Mike, you are next. All right. Standard scoring. Marquise Goodwin or Ted Ginn Jr.? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, 
Boy, the matchup screams Goodwin. I'm going to take Goodwin. Revenge game, though. I'm going to I'm going to take Goodwin in this one. Uh, Bears secondary is going the wrong way, and they've got injury problems in with their safeties. And here comes your maybe the biggest deep speed threat in the league, Marquise Goodwin. It's going to be Marquise better win this week. <laughs> Mike, you're next. Standard scoring: Hunter Henry or Golden Tate. Easy one. For a second, I thought he was putting in Hunt or Henry. Oh, sure. Uh, I'll do Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob, you're next. Uh, Matt Ryan or Hundley? All right. Man. Hundley is just on everyone's mind. Like, starting him over somebody. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Hundley. (laughs) All right. I don't know. (laughs) Xavier Rhodes, don't do me wrong. Shut down Julio. (laughs) Nick, you're next. Cameron Brait or Greg Olson? I'm sorry, who and Greg Olson? It was Cameron Brait or Greg Cameron Olson. Cameron Brait? Yeah. No, but we're having no part of Cameron Brait. One catch in three straight games. You a little nervous about Olson's uh, foot status? Well, yeah. If obviously, if Olson doesn't play, then uh, you know we'll 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 change it. But okay. yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, you might want to go with your take a chance on me tight end. Who was it? One of you two had take a chance on Julius me. Thomas. Julius Thomas. Yeah. Maybe or, that makes more or sense. Or backup Raiders tight end Lee Smith against the Giants. Or Ricky Seals-Jones. Taco, you are next. Hey there. Just wondering if I can get a quick peacock for trading Jordy Nelson for Nelson Aguilar. Or, I'm sorry, for uh, Nelson Jeffrey. And also, should I start Greg Olson or Nelson Aguilar? Uh, I'd go. I'd go Aguilar just because I know that he's going to play and finish the game. Dave, you're next. All right, PPR RB two, Kareem Hunt or Jamal Williams. If it's PPR, I'm still going to roll Hunt out there because Charkandrick West is out, so Hunt should see basically all the targets out of the backfield. Final call, Gene. Gene. Oh, hey, uh, standard league. Robbie Anderson or Stephon Diggs? Ooh. A, <laughs> I'm gonna gra- go A grades Diggs. on both. Diggs. No Desmond Trufant. That's a huge loss for that secondary. Uh, potentially missing two starting cornerbacks. Holy cow. Uh, great job today, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, Tony, fantastic. When is the podcast going to be up? Right when we're done. Right when we're done, the podcast is going to be up. We have a special Fan Outdoors ice fishing expo thing enough. coming up next. You'll want to stay tuned for that. If you miss any part of the show, check out the podcast. KFAN Fan On Demand and iTunes. Goodbye, everybody. This is Jan. How can I help? Congratulations. You've just won our monthly raffle. Ooh, that's what it's like when you get a great deal at Toyota-thon. Toyota-thon? Yeah, our biggest event of the year.